Welcome to the What If We Loved podcast with your hosts, Bruce and Shay Mason and Janie Giebelhaus. This is a show where we explore what the love of the Father really looks like. We want to help you enter into a deeper experience of the Father's love so you can better know who God is, who you are, and how to live a life in love every single day. Welcome back to the What If We Loved podcast with our three hosts. I'm Bruce. I'm Shay. I'm Janie. It's good to see you guys. Yes, great to see you. Yeah, nice to be back. It is nice to be back. So today what we're, um, we thought we'd talk about, and it really comes off of a conference that Shay and I just uh, got back uh, from a couple days ago, and that's to talk about story mm-hmm. and the role uh, and power of story in conveying certainly the, the Christian message, um, but just generally as well. We each of one of us have our own personal stories, just the story of our lives, um, the story of our coming to faith, the story of um, what it's, in our case, being parents, raising kids, um, the story, their story, nature screams a story when you look out at the beauty of the sunset and the mountains or the, the ocean or whatever's beautiful and there's beauty everywhere. The, the, the story that that tells of, of the glory of God. And no two stories are alike. Yeah. I was just thinking about that, how our lives tell a story, but each story is unique, like a snowflake. Mm. And they point to the true story. Yeah, that's true. That's that's the amazing thing about stories. That, yeah, there's not a single story. You know, my story is not like anyone else's story. And Janie, your story is not like anyone else's story. And, mm. and Shay, the same with you. And yet there's so much that we don't tell of our story that deserves telling as well. And that's yeah. a whole other thing we can we can talk about is why we don't share our story and and, um, but the conference we went to, just as a way of giving me a little background, it was a conference uh, from an organization called Mere Anglicanism, and they haven't had a, a conference in a couple years. But this conference uh, was really amazing. It was on C.S. Lewis, and they brought in different theologians from well, a number from England, but also in the U.S., from uh, um, Oxford University, and then also Wheaton College. Wheaton College and, and Boston College. And Boston College as well. A bunch of amazing people, and they um, were specifically looking at C.S. Lewis and the amazing uh, gift of, of story that that he was able to um, just put into books. You know, and story, story can be fiction, like the Chronicles of Narnia, which are amazing, but story can also be nonfiction. But both point to a greater truth. Yeah. Mm. And I, I loved the sort of the overarching theme of the conference was longing for a more beautiful story, mm-hmm. which if you know C.S. Lewis, you know that longing is a, is a major theme, that he equates longing with, with joy. Mm-hmm. And that's something that is written into the human heart, that yeah. longing for that which is true. Yeah. I like that. Thinking of it, the stories that we love the most, the themes are always... We even see stories of someone realizing they were wrong and coming to make amends, or we see just these themes 
we see like the desire for unconditional love, even in romance stories. Right. We, it's just ingrained in all these stories is what we were designed to crave, which is unconditional love and good conquering evil, which is what God did. Yeah, light overcoming darkness. Yeah, and so it makes sense that we are pulled to these stories. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, you know, and even the popularity of like the Marvel movies. Yeah. I you know, people love those and I'm not a huge Marvel fan. I don't know all the movies really well, but Bruce and our kids <laughs> have probably seen more than I have, but I think we've seen them all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you do you get pulled into that that idea that good really can overcome evil. Beauty can overcome that which is broken. Mm. Why don't we, for a minute, just share what our favorite stories are? Oh, boy. <laughs> no, that might be interesting. To know. Like what's, what's one book, what's one story where all this we've just been talking about has been, mm. has impacted you? And it doesn't doesn't have to be a Christian story, even a Christian allegory. It could be any book. But but what's something that that has stuck with you? Hmm. Well, I think it's been on my mind a lot because they've just made a movie on it. Yeah. But a man named Uwe is one of I really love that book. Have you mm, guys read that? I love that book. That was wonderful. Yeah, and now they're making I don't, I don't that movie. I know anything about it. that. It's just um, it's about this grunk, like grumpy man, and. In the story, it's not that, it's not, it's, I don't want to give any spoilers, so I'm, I'm going to try really hard not to, but I think why I liked it is it brought understanding and showed beauty even in the midst of this man mm-hmm. being at first, if you imagine meeting him, it would be very difficult to be around him, but just in hearing the story, you love him and you can see the good in him and I think it made me a more loving person to read it mm. and just to see people more deeply instead of just looking at their behavior and deciding that they're awful to be around to even with bad behavior to look at someone and say, but they could still be wonderful to be around and seeing the gold in them. And so I think yeah. that book really helped me in that. So I would say that's probably one of my favorite stories just because it left me with that feeling. Mm. I would say... Um, it's, it's funny cause I'm actually rereading these books right now, but, um, somebody gave me a set of the wrinkle in time oh. trilogy. It was a trilogy at the time when I was 10 years old, um, for a birthday gift and they became my favorite, favorite books. And I didn't even realize that there's pretty heavy Christian imagery in there at the time. And, um, you know, just always loved the story they told there was something that resonated in my heart and they're you know they're children's science fiction but there was something that rang true and something that gave me that sense of longing and um now there's there's five of them the other two were written when i was in middle school and high school so i never read them at the time but now i'm i'm revisiting the whole quintet of books and and it's hitting me at an even deeper level, and I'm just finding it absolutely beautiful to be to be reading this um, series of stories that um, come out of a beautiful heart. Madeline Lengel was a Christian, um, but she didn't write the stories just for Christians, and 
the way that they point to beauty and light and restoration, it just, it's captivating. Mm. Yeah, her books, I loved her books when I was a kid as well. And later I got to talk to her on the phone you once. You did, I was a little bit jealous. <laughs> Talked to Alice from the Brady Bunch once too. <laughs> but they are good, good books. And it's, it's funny how some of those books would you read when you're a kid also, it takes on a whole different perspective when you're an adult, um, like the Narnia books. And I'm just going to have to pick one of the Narnia books for <laughs> one of my favorite books, although I have a lot of books that I love. Um, but for years and years and years, um, and I'm going to maybe talk about them as a whole, and, and the character of Aslan in those books, for those of you who haven't read them, please read them. They're great. And they, even if you're an adult, which you probably are if you're listening to this, <laughs> listen to them or, or read them because they are, they're amazing, the, the insights and even and the theology. And not just Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, although that yeah. is wonderful right. in and of itself, but read, read the whole series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that for me, Aslan, I, I have to almost credit C.S. Lewis with that character. Aslan is, is the Jesus character in Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe and plays that throughout the series. But it, it's... It helped bring me to faith. I mm-hmm. fell in love with the character of Aslan. Just the thought of almost burying my head into the, the fur, just feeling the breath of that great lion. Mm-hmm. You know, I could picture that. I could see that. Something buried itself so deeply into my heart from a very young age that even now as I read these books, and Shane, I read them every every couple years we yeah, just read through the whole series read again, through them again many times mm-hmm. and i would say that you know a story is true in a sense mm-hmm. i mean even though these are fiction but there's a truth in there when you reread them and it's a different thing that hits you every time mm-hmm. yeah. it speaks to you in a new way hmm. and that's definitely the case with these books but others others as well that are almost evolving it's a story that has a life of its own yeah timeless and when stories are also imbued with the holy spirit and if you're filled with the holy spirit you're reading books um that can happen you can you can begin to perceive and see it's like scripture itself you know the bible is it's it's truth but it's a story there's so many different genres that we have inside scripture everything from poetry to just plain narrative but it it speaks each sec each type sort of speaks its own way. But when you read it, I mean, I find I'm sure you guys would agree with me that when I when I read the story that's in Scripture, which is this great story of of how God creates the world and then there's a fall and then He does everything in His own power to the point of giving of Himself to giving up Himself in order to restore His lost children to Himself. That in this story. There is a story. There's a progression. There's, this is what happened. But then within the story, there are stories. Mm-hmm. And within those stories, there are stories. And then our story of our lives connects with the stories in the story in such a way that, that it's different all the time. That we're mm-hmm. always drawing something new and, and beautiful out of it. I really think the, the power of a good story is that it connects with the heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jesus knew this. That's why he spoke in parables. That's right. You know, he he wanted to get across to those who were listening what his kingdom is like. 
So he used parable. He used analogy. You know, it's it's one thing to be given information for the head, mm-hmm. but another to be given something that the heart can take in. And yeah. you know, when he when he says the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. And then we also have the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Like there's so much great imagery where he's he's pointing to a greater truth. And I think that's what great story does. Mm-hmm. It gives us a glimpse of something that is beautiful and beyond our rational understanding. Mm-hmm. It's just like the difference between seeing a flower and hearing about a flower. Absolutely. That when you see a flower, it's like, oh, wow, it's beautiful. You can hear about it. I guess this is a hard example to give because story is often hearing about. But I feel like when we read a story or hear of a story, it's giving us the experience of it instead yeah. of instead of just knowing the brief synopsis and like I was thinking about the movie so one of my favorite movies is called Marcel the Shell and Bruce and Shay are the ones that told me about it because they watched it on the plane and I don't know if you guys had heard about it before or um not sure where we heard about it but boy he's a cute little shell yeah yeah I thought it was a girl for a long time but it's a he but Mm -hmm. um now it's one of my favorite movies and Shameless plug. It's just the best. You need to watch it. But I also feel like if I were to give a summary of the movie, it would just be so lame. Like, it's not that eventful, you know? But I think the part that's beautiful is the story of it where you see this little character, Marcel, and how he interprets every event and how Mm -hmm. he processes it. And I think that's part of the story is, is seeing it in play. Instead of just the basics of it, you're seeing something unfold. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can get the most wisdom and joy and beauty from it because you're experiencing it as, I mean, this is a fictional shell, but I'm experiencing it as this fictional shell experiences it. And then all of a sudden my eyes are open to this world of beauty that he experiences. Again, fictional and a shell. So it's yeah. like crazy <laughs> that it works like that. But I think that's the beauty of stories is it's not just the summary of what happened. It's unfolding how it happened and what it makes you feel. And so when you're watching it or when you're reading it, you're actually experiencing a new, it's almost like you're experiencing a new life in it. Yeah. You enter into something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really a beautiful tool God gives us because how, like we have one life that we're living and we only have a certain amount of experiences. And yet through stories we're able to almost dive into someone else's story and there's there's that whole eleanor roosevelt quote that says learn from the mistakes of others because you don't have long enough to learn them all yourself or something like that right and i i think that's yes true for you know bad lessons but it's also really true for good lessons Mm -hmm. of wow i i might not have the experience of climbing mount everest in my life but i could read into thin air and and be immersed into this experience of climbing Mount Everest and and feel like I can understand a little bit more of what that life experience is like. And mm. so you're just experiencing all these different things in life. And through that, 
you're learning from other people's wisdom, but you're also learning God's wisdom through what they're saying because you can talk to God about their story. Right. You know? Remember I saw the movie, anyone see the movie Free Solo? Mm. It was about the... the uh, oh, yeah. The guy who climbed all those peaks. climbed um um it's called in California. El Capitan. So, yeah, I think is that's that, what it was. Uh, um but he uh it's like I, I am never gonna do that. Yeah. I mean, no way am I ever gonna do that. <laughs> not only am I not it it could skip- become a life goal and then I know you could do it, but <laughs> it would take a lot. But but in that kind of a movie I could enter into because of the, it was so beautifully done and so well done, you could enter into that experience of his climbing, at least to some degree, and you see the beauty that he's seeing. And the, I mean, he doesn't seem to be afraid, but I don't know how you could not be afraid. Hmm. That's the, it creates that sense of longing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's really powerful. I mean, I don't. Let's talk about that for a minute. The longing. Longing is. I mean, that's something that really captures me in C.S. Lewis's writings. Um, in Surprised by Joy, which is his sort of spiritual mm. autobiography, which I love. Um, he talks about looking out his window as a child and seeing the the green hills and something really drawing him. He was it was a feeling that he hadn't experienced before. And it's we can experience that when we look at nature and but the nature isn't the thing. There's something more. It's it's longing for the source of that mm-hmm. beauty. Mm-hmm. And so that's where eventually he comes to understand that his whole life he was longing for that, the source of the joy that bubbled up inside him when he looked at something beautiful. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's that's been a big part of my story. Like, I think, honestly, that's what led me to actually becoming a Christian at age 19, I was looking for something that I knew was missing. And then even after becoming a Christian, still being on that quest for, there's still a missing piece. What is that? What am I missing from my life? And and I've always been able to connect to God in, in nature and through art and things like that. But but then when I encountered the love of the Father, it was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, there's something more. And there's always more that we can discover on the journey. And I just, I absolutely love that there's there's no end to this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of similar. I, I've always, at least growing up, was drawn to stories of people who were, in, in one sense, sort of broken and yearning for that more. Or they were caught in almost this existential place and not able to break out of that to try to find the true and the real and and a lot of my childhood I, I was I was in a place of of that internal yearning and so I think that's why I loved the Narnia books because it was an escape into something where you're, you're going into through a wardrobe into another world where there's something more something more beautiful something more more than you're presented with in your in your daily life and the stories have a way of doing that and good authors have a way of mm-hmm. helping he- helping to reach where the reader's heart might be so that they can then literally enter into that story I mean even I just remember there's a song um and songs are stories too. Like yeah. so good, good songs can be stories. That's why people love music so much, and that's why they connect to them because it, because it can actually um, 
speak to whatever a person might be feeling or experience in their life. And yeah. There's that Mr. Mr. song, Broken Wings, yeah. which in many ways was a, was a perfect description of what my story was mm-hmm. during that time in my life in high school where I just wings clipped behind my back, not able to soar the way God had created me. So something in that song touched the longing in my heart, which then thankfully and beautifully God has then fulfilled as I've grown and gotten healing over my life. But stories have that kind of power. Music has that kind of power. Isn't it interesting that the things that we can kind of equate in many ways with, with spiritual journey, the life of Christ, you know, and entering into that are story, song, dance, Mm -hmm. things that are by nature creative. We get invited Mm -hmm. into the creative process with God. And it's, it's unfortunate today and uh, and if you're a STEM kind of person, I'm not trying to denigrate this at all. Yes, we need science. It's we important. We need science. All. That's important. But in schools now, I mean, it's like 90% mm-hmm. pushing towards STEM and the, the liberal arts education, the more of the, the expressive the the arts, the humanities, all that, tends to get downplayed or even removed from curriculums these days, or at least under-emphasized. Well, and mm-hmm. a lot of students that may have... A proclivity for that are told well you can't really do anything with that yeah but it's not seen as a value in and of itself of course mm-hmm. i'm coming from someone who did study in the liberal arts <laughs> right. Do. Right. i do think i think that a lot of schooling is trying to gear towards giving kids careers and there are less careers in literature and in art and stuff right. like that but how sad that kids and adults whoever wants to go to school can't experience the joy of expressing themselves in that way and learning in it and growing in it because just like we're talking about there is such importance to it there's or when you were talking about songs i thought of the song hurt by johnny cash where like you listen to it and you're like i feel differently about life because of the story he's telling about his life. Wow, yeah. And that's what Johnny Cash and Nine Inch Nails, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he he covered their um like yeah, they yeah. did it and then he, he covered co- it. Yeah, and, that's right. At the end of his life. Yeah, yeah. And it's just to me, that's such a good example of I don't yeah, technology's great. All these things that we have are great. But if someone can make something like that that can take you into a different place that's genius mm-hmm. like that's brilliant mm-hmm. and we need so much of that in the world that it yeah to, it's so sad that people are said you know encouraged not to go into that right kind of career i mean actually i say that but i'm sure if someone has skill in singing no one's holding them back <laughs> but i do think that there's um just in terms of storytelling there's mm-hmm. not a set importance on it yeah. sometimes well and you know some of these these things in the humanities are what they're what connects us with mm-hmm. our hearts. Mm-hmm. We need poetry. We need literature. We need great art. If we lose those things, we lose our humanity. Mm. Yeah, I've been amazed at at uh, my brother Ben, who I just met a couple years ago when I um, found my birth mother. He is um, he has a job during the day, but then he's also really a well um, sort of known haiku poet. Hmm. I didn't really know. I mean, I studied haiku, I guess, when I was in, in English. I was an English major in college. But, but what I've, um, I've come to really appreciate, just in you know, three short lines often, 
you can tell a story. Mm-hmm. And he's masterful at it. And how just in that little bit of time, it can connect with your heart or give you that aha moment mm-hmm. where you see something that you haven't seen yeah. before, you didn't see. Yeah, he has one that, you know, three lines, and suddenly you realize you're in tears. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. So it, there's, there's a power yeah. in that. And we would hate to see that, um, that kind of expression get somehow because you know this is a world of tiktok this is a world of youtube this is a world of all the stuff happening very quickly and not that you mm-hmm. can't communicate story in a quick way but sometimes story needs to be told in a more substantial kind of longer way as well well except haiku is just three lines well, I'm, but, <laughs> no but i'm saying that that um there's that but there's also sitting down and actually reading a book right well but i was also of thinking of the process having talked to your brother mm-hmm the process that goes into writing those three lines. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's Jeez. not a quick throwaway process. Mm. A lot right. goes into it, and it is delving into the heart. Mm. And then this longer process comes out in these beautiful three lines. Mm. Truly amazing. Really amazing. I'm going to have to check him out. <laughs> well, I can definitely point you there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's... um. I guess um, what we really need to think about when we think of story is, um, and I just encourage you as you're listening to, to think about what are those stories? What are the stories that you've read or that you've watched or that you've heard or that a family member has told? You know, some families are great at telling stories. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but what are those things, those, those stories in your life? Um, and honestly, they could be positive or they could be negative. Sometimes there's negative st- stories that we hear or things that happen that, that actually cause fear in us or you know, mm. affect our heart in negative ways. But what are those kinds of stories in your life? And then reflect on them for a minute and say, okay, well, why did that impact me? What is it, what is it that that's saying to me? What might God be saying to me? in the way my heart responded, either mm-hmm. positively or negative, to that particular story. And then also, it's, it's amazing to ask God too, so God, what do you want to tell me about my story? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you want to tell me about your story as it's played out in my story as well? Mm-hmm. You know, I always, um, I think it was James Jordan said that, you know, do you want to listen to a preacher who has not experienced the things that he's preaching about, you know, personally. And all of us have experiences that we can also share with other people. People don't want to just get information about us in our lives. They want to find out something more and deeper. Yeah. And, you know, that's why vulnerability really matters. Because mm-hmm. I'm th- thinking about the first time I stood up and shared, uh, we were at a conference and I was given very short notice to share mm-hmm. The next talk, and I, you know, I prayed one of those help me, Lord, prayers. And I felt that I should share a little bit about my experience of obsessive compulsive disorder. And, you know, that I carry no shame about that, and I'm very happy to to share about that. But this was probably the first time I shared publicly, you know, in person, um, this story. And I wasn't sure if it was going to resonate, but then I looked out and I saw one woman. And I knew I was connecting to her heart. Mm. I knew I was sharing a story that she could relate to. And that's what it's all about. Mm. 
is connecting to someone's heart and being real and saying, I see you, I hear you, and I share something with you. And, th- and that's also what's great about the story that we have in the Bible, you know, God's story, is that 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 story can apply to everybody's life mm-hmm. and wherever they are. Um, and that wherever the yearning is, wherever the hurt is, wherever the, the, the joy is, wherever the pain is, that there's, there's a place in that greater story, that meta-narrative of the Bible. I know society doesn't like meta-narratives these days. By meta-narrative, I mean meta-narrative, I mean the overarching stories. Bigger but, picture. <laughs> bigger picture. But, but it, can, it can speak directly into lives. As we're sharing our stories, we can bring that bigger story into it as well because there's so many people in the world today that are are desperately hungry for more we want meaning we all want meaning yeah. in our lives and we want to know you know we, we said this on the last podcast i think we all want to know that we're safe and that we're loved mm-hmm. and story can go a long way mm-hmm. in bringing us to that place yeah yeah so let's write a story guys <laughs> I know, I was just thinking when we were like talking how there's probably a lot of stories inside of the people listening, just yeah. like you mm-hmm. were saying, but how, maybe this podcast could be a great thing to come back to whenever you're wanting to feel inspired to let your story out, right. because it's important, and there's so much beauty that can be released into the world by you telling your own story. Yeah, yeah every person has a story mm-hmm. that needs to be heard. Right. So how about we end this podcast actually with story? Shay, you've got something. Okay. Well, I'll just, I'll give an example of just a little snippet of something that um, in one of the Narnia books, um, my favorite Narnia book is The Silver Chair. Um, it's funny, each each member of our family has a separate book that's their favorite. And I think because of the way they speak to our hearts uniquely. But um, as I've shared on some other episodes um, one of my great fears for much of my life was a deep fear of, of death. And, um, and I address that in, in my book, Rest for the Weary, as well. Um, but something that really captured my heart as I walked through this dread and fear, um, and there's a number of places in this book that, that really spoke to me on this journey, um, and then there were parts where I even needed to stop reading, that it was just, it was so much for my heart. I had to stop and process, um, which is amazing for something that was written as a children's book. Right. Um, but something that gave me so much hope toward the end of the book is um, the main characters, Jill and Eustace, are returned to Aslan's kingdom after a, an epic journey. And they're reunited with Eustace's old friend, King Caspian who has um, just died and they come away from seeing his funeral procession to now being in Aslan's kingdom and, and seeing a different truth about Caspian's death. And so I'll just read this little bit here and um, let it speak to your heart. Then Aslan stopped and the children looked into the stream And there, on the golden gravel, 
of the bed of the stream lay King Caspian, dead, with the water flowing over him like liquid glass. His long white beard swayed in it like waterweed, and all three stood and wept. Even the lion wept, great lion tears, each tear more precious than the earth would be if it was a single solid diamond. And Jill noticed that Eustace looked neither like a child crying, nor like a boy crying and wanting to hide it, but like a grown-up crying. At least that is the nearest she could get to it. But really, as she said, people don't seem to have any particular ages on that mountain. Son of Adam, said Aslan, go into that thicket and pluck the thorn that you will find there and bring it to me. Eustace obeyed. The thorn was a foot long and sharp as a rapier. Drive it into my paw, son of Adam, said Aslan, holding up his right forepaw and spreading out the great pads towards Eustace. Must I? said Eustace. Yes, said Aslan. Then Eustace set his teeth and drove the thorn into the lion's pad, and there came out a great drop of blood, redder than all redness that you have ever seen or imagined and it splashed into the stream over the dead body of the king. At the same moment, the doleful music stopped, and the dead king began to be changed. His white beard turned to gray, and from gray to yellow, and got shorter and vanished altogether, and his sunken cheeks grew round and fresh, and the wrinkles were smoothed, and his eyes opened. And his eyes and lips both laughed, and suddenly he leaped up and stood before them, a very young man, a boy. Hmm. Yeah. I was closing my eyes as you were reading that, just trying to picture that. It's, um, it's beautiful imagery, and it speaks to a deeper truth. Mm-hmm. That's the power of story right there. Every time I hear, every time I hear anything from Chronicles of Narnia, I always just transports me to a, another place. Um, yeah, so we've given a lot of plugs for Chronicles of Narnia, so <laughs> make sure you go read that. But you know, Tolkien did something amazing in Lord of the Rings yeah. as well. He just did it differently. Yeah, incredible master storyteller as well. Yeah. Well, let's pray, mm. shall we? Heavenly Father, the author of all story, the one who spoke this world into existence, the one who day by day gives breath and life into the very world in which we live. Nothing exists other than by you. We ourselves exist because you have created us and that you have a very specific story, a purpose, a a life for us that, that is different from anyone else. And Father, we thank you that actually you entered into this story through your son, Jesus. That you're not some detached author, but actually you're a character. 
And we thank you, God, that you are so near to us. That you are always so near to us. That we don't have to walk in this world. We don't have to go on the journeys alone. That as we're discovering what the story of our life is, that actually you're helping us, guiding us right into it. And Father, I know that there are people who are listening, and we know this because of our own experiences and our own lives, where sometimes we feel like we get stuck. We don't know what the next chapter has for us, and sometimes we're afraid to even turn the page to see. But Father, I know that you have only a heart of love towards each one of us. And your only desire is to see us thrive. To breathe your beautiful air. And to know your voice. So I pray that if, if that's you, if you're feeling stuck right now, or if maybe you don't like, as you look back at your story, that you don't like the way it's been written, I, I pray that right now you give it to God. God, we give you the entire story of our lives, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we give it to you, the great author. And pray, Father, where we need to be healed, where there, in a sense, need to be edits made, that, God, that you will heal us. And we pray also you'll give us a sense of excitement and joy about the pages to come. And we ask you to write on our hearts the story of your love. Deeper and deeper. So that we might experience you more and more deeply. Or as in the last battle that we will go further up and further in with you. Thank you for gifting C.S. Lewis with that beautiful ability to convey your heart. So Father, we thank you that we are all part of this all the story together as well. As one family. So Holy Spirit, come and be with us. We love you so much. And we thank you for loving us so much more. And we thank you for this time and this opportunity to share about you and your heart, Father. We pray this in the name of your Son, our amazing brother, Jesus. In his name. Amen. Amen. All right, that wraps up another one. Yeah, we loved having you with us today, and we're so excited to talk to you again. Till next time, see ya. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the What If We Loved podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe and also leave us a rating. It really helps us get the word out there. For more information about our ministry, Love Inside Out, please visit our website at loveinsideout.org.
Thanks for listening. Thank you.